Raina. And I'm Megan. Welcome to the Shh Don't Talk About It podcast, where we talk about all the things we need to say out loud, but think that we can't. We're going to talk about all the things. We're going to shed light on them. We're going to embrace them. And we're going to fucking love them. So join us on this journey as we get rid of shame and start talking about it. y'all no matter how hard or how funny it's you know still got to drink through it we're drinking through (laughs) it so today's episode i want to start out with just a little content warning that today we are talking about infant loss Mm -hmm. um that's obviously like a very sad very heavy topic so if you're a person who has experienced the loss of a child the loss of an infant um we just want to invite you to pace yourself through the episode mm-hmm. um it's a really beautiful story and we are really honored to make space to tell it and you know with any of our episodes if a topic's harder for you take your time to get through it mm-hmm. take care of yourselves take care of yourselves it's important that we talk about these things it's uncomfortable it feels awkward it feels wrong um but we are doing it that's what we're here for and we are creating the space for these you know people who experience these horrific events or funny any kind of thing that they want to share um that's what we're here for so today's episode is going to be with natalie yeah we were lucky to get to talk to natalie who is the mother of two beautiful boys twin boys um and very sadly one of them passed away as a as a baby and so she joined us to talk about what that was like for her Mm -hmm. and how she's survived it, what she's learned from it. Um, and I think there's like a lot of wisdom. Like the whole episode is kind of a pearl of wisdom in a way. Yeah. Um, she's also a therapist. So she's got like a interesting perspective on grief. Um, and I learned a lot, like since we recorded it, there's been a lot kind of kicking around my head from that conversation mm-hmm. that I've, I thought was pretty powerful. Yeah. Especially if you have lost somebody necessarily doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, a child, but just anybody. Um, if you've experienced grief, this is a really good episode. If you know somebody who has experienced grief, this is a really good episode to listen to as well on how you can show up and be supportive to those that have lost somebody. I think one of the number one things, and it's where we actually got Raina thought of the title. Raina thinks of almost all the titles. One thing she really emphasized, and I would love people to listen for, is just how uh, mothers who lose their babies really do feel like they're going insane, going crazy. Mm-hmm. And she just really pointed out, like, you're not going crazy. What's happened is out of order. It's out of the natural order. Mm-hmm. And you are allowed to just feel however you feel. And I, I took a lot from that personally. Yes. Yes. So, um, so yeah, here's Natalie. Thanks y'all. Thank you. Hi Natalie. Hi. Thanks for being here. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here with us today and sharing a story that, um, I'm sure is, you know, uncomfortable and, to talk about um and you know a lot of women you know may have experienced similar experiences that would love to hear this yeah so yeah 
That's why I'm here. Yes, because <laughs> yes. I've seen this play out before. So. Yeah. 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 Well, do you mind sharing actually like why you think that this is something that's important to talk about and why you were willing to um, to come and share your experience with us and with our listeners? Um, I think a big reason why I think it's important is because I am a mental health professional mm-hmm. and I um, have been working with Bill for years, like well before this experience. Yeah. And You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. And, you know, I, even before that experience, I worked with kids and families with you know, really significant trauma histories, and um, I realized through this experience, like, death is its own thing. Like, it's just, I mean, it goes again, you know, with, especially losing somebody to somebody who's young, it's like, goes against the natural order of things in life, you know? And everything we see here, you know, like, we go to school, because we think we're going to live long lives and have these long professions, we go to to hospital when we're sick, you know, to take care of our bodies, like, everything that you see in our world, like, 
you know, supports the idea that we're here, we're going to be here for a long time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when somebody gets to the end of like a normal lifespan and dies, you know, like it's always like a sad thing, but it also is a little bit different than when you are, when you experience a death with somebody much younger than that typical time. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, I noticed in my grief group, because I chose to participate in a grief group after losing my son, um, a lot of the other mothers, they didn't have the same like skills that I think I developed through my profession and everything. And mm -hmm. um, I think it's a really important thing for people who are in that position to understand like what's normal, you know, when you go through an experience to that magnitude. and because it can be very isolating and yeah. it can be hard to gauge like 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 how you should feel and if this is normal because it's like it's just so different from anything you've encountered before losing a very young child yeah. i can imagine that it must have been especially isolating because people know how to celebrate the entrance into the world of a mm -hmm. of a baby how to mm -hmm. how to celebrate the birth of a child mm -hmm. um, but i do not think that we're set up in this culture to grieve the loss of a young child mm -hmm. or support parents through such something that is so out of order mm -hmm. yeah it's hard to because like when you're a mom I think like even just from pregnancy you feel responsible for your well-being of your baby and mm -hmm. like when you're pregnant you take care of your own body because you know, like you know it's going to affect your baby and, and it's hard when you go through I think the hardest part about being a mom is just being powerless because like I think any mom will experience that at one point but like in my situation with him as much as I wanted to help him I didn't I couldn't help him and there they just came to a point where there's nothing that I could do and um, that was really hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you mind um, sharing with our listeners a bit about um, what it, a bit about your story, a bit about your children, um, and the experience that kind of brought you here? Um, well, so I had this life that I loved. I lived in Portland. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I grew up in Salt Lake, and then I moved to Portland very purposely. And I loved my life. I was married to my life and I loved my life. I went to grad school here. I had all these dreams and I had just graduated mm -hmm. and I was like, all my friends were getting jobs and it was like all my colleagues were getting jobs and I was really looking forward to doing that too. And it was just really interesting because that was like right when the unexpected <laughs> Sure. Life wants to do that. Too. Yes. Yeah. And it just ruined all that for me. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so it was just like a really, when I found out I was pregnant, I, I just knew that there was, I didn't know what it was, but I just, I had this sense that my life was going to be unusually rocked. Like I just mm -hmm. knew that my life was going to change in a really big way. Like obviously when you're pregnant, you know that, but like, mm -hmm. I just knew that, like, I just, I had this feeling I wasn't going to be in Portland anytime soon, and it just was, because I was planning to do my whole pregnancy there, mm -hmm. and that sort of thing, and um, I just had this really strong feeling that things were going to change, and um, 
they did because mm-hmm. you know like finding out I was pregnant was the first shock and then finding out I had two babies was the next shock mm-hmm. yeah. and you know I as my pregnancy progressed um, they started to like notice that one of my son had a few issues that didn't they couldn't pinpoint what it was mm-hmm. but it, it didn't look normal Mm -hmm. and so we did all these tests and everything like tested like fine and that sort of thing Mm -hmm. but there's still some areas where like this is like what we they couldn't get like clear imaging in like ultrasounds and that sort of thing so they couldn't Mm -hmm. really determine definitely what it was Mm -hmm. and but so I was given several different diagnoses during my pregnancy and they it really was really difficult because um they told me like really early on that he probably wouldn't live mm-hmm. and that was really hard i remember that was like yeah that totally changed my life and um and so um and then at the end of my pregnancy I, like which is pretty typical when you have twins is um i went into preterm labor so they put me on bed rest at like 27 weeks i was already starting to like dilate and everything 27 weeks yeah and i had just moved like because because of these concerns it made me feel like i needed more help with my support of my family so Mm -hmm. i moved back to utah and i just moved and then they put me on bed rest like the minute i moved back to utah Mm -hmm. so i laid in bed for like literally like two and a half months and it was so like I had all these changes and I just Mm -hmm. felt like I had to up and leave my life and never got to really say goodbye Mm -hmm. and I actually didn't want to because I was like I'm gonna come back (laughs) yeah and you know return when it's time or whatever but but yeah so it was just like one I was just thrown into one huge change after another and Mm -hmm. then that continued like even after they were born yeah so what what happened after the babies were born um so I um the babies were born and my one baby stayed with me um so my babies I named them Austin and Preston Mm -hmm. and Austin stayed with me and then Preston had to go to the NICU and um you know, it was really interesting because everything that they predicted would happen or that could happen didn't happen. And so, and then he, his, um, the theme with him is he just kind of pressed through his circumstances. Like they'd mm-hmm. give me the worst possible outcome mm-hmm. and then I'd be preparing for it and scared and mm-hmm. then it wouldn't happen and he'd mm-hmm. prove them wrong. And I was just like, yes, you know, like, yeah. so it was kind of hard, like really unpredictable for mm-hmm. me to know what to do. Mm-hmm. It was also really intense because, you know, I like, I don't, I'm doing this by myself. Like yeah. I don't have a partner and mm-hmm. I have my family, but we, it's not the same thing. Yeah. And, um, I have two. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. So yeah, two I'm babies. taking home one baby yeah. and staying up nursing and trying to figure that out by myself. Mm-hmm. And then we get up in the morning and I take him with me. We go to the NICU and I'm dealing with that baby. And then mm-hmm. you know, like in between, I'm like pumping and like dealing yeah. with my Jesus. my non-NICU ah. baby. And then so yeah. it's just like and then dealing with heavy information from medical professionals in the NICU and even just like the process that doctors approach like NICU babies like they have like a certain protocol Mm -hmm. like if this baby goes into this category this is how we treat it and Mm -hmm. these are our recommendations Mm -hmm. and my baby was 
a certain category and they were trying to sway me a certain way and I didn't feel right about that way so it was like and then my nurses would wait till like the doctors leave and then they'd be like I've been doing this a long time yeah, yeah I was wondering. And, they would, <laughs> and they're the ones that, that spend time with your baby right like, they're the right, ones yeah. that like change yeah. diapers doctors just stop by yeah like they deliver the information so like coldly yeah, and they, medically yeah and then the nurse is like Talk to they, you. And they, they talk to you, they yeah. see you cry, they yeah. cry with you, yeah. and they like, they like, they know you're their, his mom, you know, they, right. they know who the mom is. Yeah. And, so, like, and they like honor that. Person. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm thinking, like, in the NICU, of course, the energy is focused on, like, making sure that, focused on the baby. Yeah. But who's taking care of you? Who's giving you, like, <laughs> who's, who's giving you love and support when you're mm-hmm. having, like, the most terrifying experience of your life so yeah. far. And, yeah. and then trying to take care of a newborn and, baby. Yeah, and nurses yeah, like had an eye for that. And yeah. I feel uh-huh. like like we've become friends. Like they came to my son's service and everything. Aww. And like, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's just like they were the only people that ever really got to really know my son, mm-hmm. you know, because he lived mm-hmm. in the hospital all of his life. Do you remember how you got through that or what you, I don't even know. Yourself. It just feels like, like I look back at it and mm-hmm. I think the same thing. I'm like, how did I get through that? Because mm-hmm. it was such a blur. Like my family was it's really supportive. My family's really close, mm-hmm. and my family like really steps in when in moments like that in our lives. And so they were really there. It was really helpful, mm-hmm. and it was also like a bonding moment for everybody. So, Preston was mm-hmm. in the NICU for a. a time and it sounds like he fought yeah he fought and then eventually he did pass yeah which was really unexpected like Mm -hmm. i mean we knew it was coming but it we didn't know like that day and that week we just it just kind of it just all of a sudden happened and i didn't like i didn't know that that was gonna happen like that day and how could you possibly prepare yourself for that there's no way it was really hard it yeah. was really hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard. It was just like, I, I remember just like being so grateful that he was thriving and I would go home like when I would leave the NICU and I would look out at the sky and the mountains and I'd just be like, right now, his heart is beating here, mm-hmm. like in this, in this world, like he's here, he's alive, mm-hmm. you know, and I would think that and I would look at like people walking out on the street and that sort of thing and being mm-hmm. like, he's here with us, you know? Yeah. And it's just, I don't know, it's just like I would consciously think that all the time and then, you know, that moment when things started to go downhill for us, it was just like, it didn't feel real, you know, yeah. as it was happening. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel real and then it got to be like, like when it started to get real, that's when it got like, really terrible like and that's the part I don't ever talk about (laughs) it's because you don't have to it was really hard but um I think when he passed um it was just really painful I I there's just no preparation for that like I think I mean you can have like a loved one with a terminal diagnosis but you don't really know what it's like until it happens like there's just no preparation for that Mm -hmm. and um and that was like something that was really painful that I, I just, I had no way to grasp that. Yeah. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think there is any way. I mean, you just do, you know, yeah. you just are, you just yeah. be. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. So fucking hard. Yeah. Uh, Do you remember, like, what you did in the very early days to just kind of keep putting one foot in front of the other? I mean, I imagine having Austin, like, creates kind of like an anchor or a Mm -hmm. constant for you. Because you do have this baby who's still here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just felt like, you know, it's like... Like we've been through so much together. He's Seriously, like, like, because like, yeah. he's like not just a sibling; he's like a twin, you know. Yeah. So they were in the womb together, you yeah. know. And I just, I don't know, like he, I like held on to him. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, and he doesn't even talk, you know. And I'm doing all the work, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, I guess I just. I don't know he was I looking back I didn't know it at the time I think it was just more like survival but like he was the person that I just focused on you know Mm -hmm. and um I don't even know I just remember it being a blur because I honestly like I had so many people reaching out to me I was just like totally like everybody wanted to have like some kind of contact with me and I didn't want to be around anyone yeah I like stayed literally in my condo for almost a total like almost a whole year like I'm from Salt Lake City I have family like all my family's there I know tons of people tons of friends and I people I trust and love you know and I didn't want to have any contact with any of them Mm -hmm. like I I was not just being changed by my grief, but like by motherhood and wondering, you know. Yeah, so much. So stuff. much stuff. Yeah, yeah, I just didn't want to like have to cater to anybody. Right. And like, you know, people please. Expend yes. that energy yeah. elsewhere. Like, yeah. how do you have any energy yeah. left for it? I was <laughs> numb too. You know? I, yeah. was, I knew I was vulnerable and I knew I was numb and I just wasn't prepared for and any kind of like ugliness in the world I just like I don't want to be exposed to anything like that right, right. now I just yeah. break you know yeah so that's yeah. like one of the weirdest things about grieving too is like you wind up doing a lot of emotional labor for other people yes you do even though it's like an educating yes and, even yeah. though they're like so well intentioned yes. um like I'm lucky that like I went through and I'm going like going through the worst grief I've ever felt with my best friend. So we don't have to like yeah. do labor for each other because we mm-hmm. just understand it. Yeah. But like I ha- I feel like there is a lot of emotional heavy lifting you do for other people when they're trying to be there for you, which makes, yeah. which sounds like a horrible thing to say. I don't really know a I way know, through that or out of it, but it's yeah. just it's like so common. It's just really hard. That's why it's important to talk about these things so people yeah. can have a better perspective on how to approach people who are grieving. There's just no way that people can understand this and then mm-hmm. some of their ways they reach out aren't helpful. Mm-hmm. You know, right. and so that just kind of is not helping me. Right. <laughs> yeah. So But yeah. also we're like, but please also reach out. Yeah. Please tell these us. But at right. the same time, I think we really need to like reestablish because you know back in the day, like when people would have a stillborn or have a baby, the their approach was like they wouldn't even let the mom see the baby or hold the baby. They just mm-hmm. hurry and take the baby. And the idea was that if you kept them separate, then they wouldn't have time to bond, and it would be easier on the oh mom. Gosh. And they didn't like, think it was appropriate to take pictures of the baby and that sort of thing. And so, they, I mean, obviously we've made a little bit of progress since then. Right. I mean, that's like the generation of like, 
just yeah. sweep it under the rug, yeah. you know what I mean? And yeah. we're not going to talk about this, yeah. and we're going to pretend it didn't happen. Yeah. Like, that's, like, our parents' generation. But hopefully, we can make more strides because, yeah. you know, these are the kinds of things we're facing now. Totally. And they don't get talked about, so people mm-hmm. don't know, you know, and so they avoid us grievers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, um, you already have a bond. They were inside of me, you know, growing, yeah. I was growing a life, you yeah. know, like, yeah. so... I'm glad like they are switching it up so you you can at least have that decision if you want to see the baby or not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like at least give it a give you a choice. Yeah. There's... Rather than just take them away. Yeah. 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 What do you think just cuz we we are I love the direction this conversation has taken around like just how confusing grief is yeah. for the per, the person grieving and the people who love the person grieving. Yeah. It's yeah. just fucking confusing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm curious, like, in your experience, what are some of the things that people don't seem to understand about, about the experience of grief, especially grieving the loss of a child? I think, well, I remember, like, really early on, I was given a packet by the hospital, and it was actually a really good packet. It wasn't one of those old-school therapy grief models, but... Um, and it was on grief and early grief. And I remember something has always stuck out to me. It was this part where it talks about, like if it was a section for people dealing with somebody who's lost a loved one. So trying to how to support them. And it's specifically for mothers who have lost children, it said to be a good listener, not an advice giver. And how important that is for the griever to t- share their story. And not only share their story, but share it multiple times. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because for their universe has been so, like, rearranged. Mm -hmm. And talking about how your sense of time gets really skewed, you Mm -hmm. know, because, like, it it just is so altering. Um, It helps them process the loss from happening having happened to happened in the past Mm -hmm. because sometimes depending on like things that you're exposed to it can just bring you back and you you feel like it's it's still happening or it happened Mm -hmm. even though you know there's a big part of your awareness that knows that it's it's happened but you're in a state where it still feels fresh Mm -hmm. and so you have to like and that's the part that's really brutal about losing somebody is like you have to do that. Like you go back into the world and you, you know, come to the table with a group of friends you've always known and you, it's, you have that loss reflected back to you multiple times because you see that this person is still waking up to the same day that they've been waking up to for like six years. You know, Mm -hmm. they still have that same frame of reference for the, to orient their life and their challenges Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. And, and, and that really, makes you aware of like how much you've been gone and how much your world has like imploded you know yeah. mm-hmm. and then that becomes painful and it and that also can make it challenging to want to keep like coming to the table with friends and yeah and maybe even like thinking a little bit th- further about like are these the friends that I want to be with if, if they're not aware of this or you yeah know, and being like I have you know this much energy like yeah. who's it gonna go to right <laughs> so right for sure yeah I think they're so like right on about 
sharing. I love that. Keep telling your story over mm-hmm. and over again because it does create a sense, like a timeline, you know. Yeah. And um, and it because with any kind of trauma, it lives inside your body, you know, and that you can be right there experiencing it's that the same cereal. feeling. Yeah. yeah, and and so for Valentine's Day is actually a really significant day for me. Um, it was like the last day that my son was fully like. He actually passed on the 16th, and Valentine's Day is the 14th, but mm-hmm. it was the last day that he was, like, alive and well. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, it was, like, he was just cold and everything. But I have a really good memory from Valentine's Day mm-hmm. because I I was at the hospital that day, and I chose to take a break, and they have this little area where they serve um, dinner for families that are staying there. And so I went to go get dinner, and they were passing out roses to all the mothers and I got this white rose and mm-hmm. I just it was just like really sweet and it was mm-hmm. just like kind of like a nice reprieve you know mm-hmm. and and I actually still have that rose it's like oh. sitting in my mm-hmm. I dried it and it's yeah. sitting in my kitchen and everything mm-hmm. and um but so my son goes to this this all connects so my son goes to this little Montessori class in the mm-hmm. mornings and he's only two (laughs) and I picked him up on Valentine's Day or it was actually Valentine's Day I think was on the weekend but I picked him up for the last day before Valentine's Day and he came home with all these Valentines and I didn't even know like I didn't make him Valentines Mm -hmm. for his classmates or anything so I asked his teacher I was like um are you like so was I supposed to do Valentine's Day? Like, all, all the other moms did. I was like, I am so sorry. And I could tell it like kind of bothered her a little bit. And I didn't even like think about it. Like, cause yeah. honestly, like in that period of time, this is something that's new is like, I've never had this happen because especially being a mental health professional, like awareness is so important mm-hmm. to me. And I've always been super aware, but like, that period of time I was like having panic attacks Mm -hmm. and I it was happening like Mm -hmm. every day to the point where I saw my doctor about it and I was was getting medication Mm -hmm. and I had had a panic attack like every single day and then I finally realized through that experience that like like I this is this is why this is happening like my body has recorded this Mm -hmm. and it takes me a second to process Mm -hmm. you know like this it's it's valentine's day and that's why yeah and so it's just it's really interesting how like that just showed up you know like i i have all these skills to like calm myself and you know but that didn't mean crap because my body wouldn't let me get away with that you know yeah it just um it's really common for mothers who have lost children to feel like they're going crazy like that's a very common theme that comes up and you know I'm lucky because I have a lot of skills through my background Mm -hmm. but I noticed there was a lot of like issues that came up in my group where like people were learning about that for the first time and they didn't know that that's a very normal response for an experience to that magnitude you know so like what happens like what do you what do you mean they they uh, think they're going crazy because to me it like that feels surprising because it's like, of course you feel like you're going crazy. You just lost a child. It's the most yeah. unnatural feeling thing. But I'm, I'm curious, like, what like do the you, symptoms? Like, what do you mean? Or like, what's happening? Yeah. Are they I just getting gaslit by the world? I think you live with an insecurity because, like, there's awareness, like, 
when you go out to the world and you see kind of like somebody seems kind of sheltered and that like, oh, they wouldn't be able to handle yeah, <laughs> you know, or whatnot. And I think they're like, so one mother, for instance, she, we were talking about this and she made a comment to me because she struggled after losing her son and she made a comment to me. She was like, you know, if people could see inside my thoughts, they would think I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. And I have felt that exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And I just felt so relieved to hear somebody mm-hmm. else say that because like, I know, and I've, I've heard other parents say the same thing in different ways. Like it's like, it's isolating to know, to notice that you are going through an experience that most of the world doesn't relate to. Yeah. And that that's the part and that's mirrored. So we were just talking about this, like that's mirrored back to you in several different ways. It's like, you've just encountered this huge experience and it's, it's not shallow enough for the world. And so you feel like the different one, you know, and, and, and you don't really, we don't really have a framework for it. You know, like the framework that I used to work for with, with whenever I had a problem or dealing with stress and that sort of thing is, it just doesn't, it's, it's been shattered, you know? And so I'm trying to, I'm still working on that part for, you know, my new normal, I guess. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm curious to hear like what has worked for you. So one resource that you actually shared with me, um, when I was earlier in my grief process was, uh, Megan, the author, um, and like grief worker, Megan Devine. Um, I'll put her Instagram in the show notes so that people can find her, but she talks a lot about building a life alongside your grief yeah. instead of this idea of like recovering from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like um, it's which was really linear, helpful. like mm-hmm. step-by-step process that you return back to normal. Yeah. Cause your life will be normal. Yeah. 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 And that's the purpose forever. of the experience. I think, mm-hmm. you know, we all, you know, come here to have an experience and mm-hmm. I don't think yeah. we're supposed to say the same, you know? Right. So, no, I mean, that's yeah. the hope, right? <laughs> that yeah. we're evolving and yeah. changing. And I mean, um, and, we have these earth-shattering circumstances sometimes, you know, these uh, experiences, and then we're like, okay, like, what, now what? You know, what am I supposed to do mm-hmm. with this, you know? Yeah. And then um, see it in a way, of course, you're grieving, and of course it's fucking sad, but then also, what is this? What is this? What am I, what, where can I go from here? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like, there's... Like I said this in the previous episode, you know, you have a, like at some point you have a choice to decide if you just want to live in your suffering or if you want to start the healing process, Yeah, you know, um, and of course the healing process again is not linear. Yeah. It's going to be up and down, round and round, you know, you're going to be back where you fucking started. Sometimes it's doing nothing. Like for me, like, you know, like I think there's this idea, like. When people are depressed, they sleep a lot and they avoid their friends. And I don't know, like that definitely explains me for the past year or so. You know what I mean? But like, you are processing so much, yeah. so much more than the, the typical person. Right. It makes a lot of sense to take a lot of sleep, to mm-hmm. take t- more time mm-hmm. to sleep, yeah. and to avoid certain experiences and people. You know, because it's hard. You it's have to take care of your body. Yeah. You know? And so. Yeah. I think it's important to look with that perspective rather than just being like a pill popper. You know what I mean? Right. Like it, it's yeah. fine to take pills, yeah. but like, you know, no, but that with totally awareness is mm-hmm. important. Like protecting your energy and like yeah. taking care of yourself because yeah. you have to live inside of your head. Yeah. You know, I like that. You have to live inside of your head. <laughs> That's why I'm always like, 
I don't care. I have to live in here. I have to hear these fucking thoughts. thoughts. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, yeah. I got, now I've been able to like finally set boundaries, yeah. you know, because I can't. Like, yeah. I used to be like that too, like always like caring too much about how I was coming across to other people or making yeah. sure they're comfortable. So I'm going to just not say anything or whatever, you know, but, yeah. but then like, then I'm going home and like living with this, yeah. you know, yeah. and I'm driving myself fucking crazy yeah. and it's yeah. not it's worth it anymore. It's yeah. not worth it, you it's know? Work. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for, fuck dude, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a, so much. Yeah. Um, we're, we're, very grateful and appreciative for you coming on and sharing these things because I don't know, like, um, there's a lot of grief. There's a lot of loss in life and, um, GZM shows and the creators of six minutes are rolling out their newest audio adventure with the podcast, discovering dad, a cautious single dad with a secret past and his rebellious kids embark on a thrilling quest complete with hidden treasure villains and a family curse. New episodes of Discovering Dad roll out weekly starting June 11th on Apple Podcasts. Follow the show so you never miss an episode or listen early and ad-free as a GZM Show subscriber. Go to gzmshows.com to learn more. People don't know how to move through it or how to support those that are moving through it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and the more we talk about it, the hard shit. I mean, if yeah. we have to be the ones to like put our shit out there, you know what I mean? So yeah. you're so brave for doing that, yeah. you know? I think it's important for people to at least say something, like if they have somebody that has just lost somebody, I think it's better to say the wrong thing than to not say something at all, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Because, and even just saying like, I don't know what to say, yeah. but I am your friend and I want to support you. Like yeah. that means so much, you know, because I know like most bereaved moms, they already know, like mm -hmm. there's, there's no words that you can say. They know that, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to be able to find ways to support people and just asking them mm -hmm. things, rather than avoiding them. Yeah. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah. Is there any, any final thoughts or anything that you're like, oh, I actually like, I, th I really wanted to make sure I said this and we didn't cover it yet. I guess I just, I really wanted, to, I think we touched on it just with like, um, I know, like, I've read it so many times um, just with parents thinking they're losing their mind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's a really normal thing. Yeah. And I, I think it's sad because I've, I've seen and I've heard how, especially for parents that are in a partnership, how, you know, usually it's the male who kind of bottles it and then the female thinks she's losing her mind and then the male's like, you are losing your mind and mm -hmm. sometimes, and that's a normal thing. And yeah. so, yeah. like, to lose your mind. So if, if a partner doesn't know that, I mean, that would be really hard. And I, I've seen that happen. And and even with people who haven't experienced that and the, the way they perceive other people, I think it's important to, to realize that it changes you. Yeah. And that's really appropriate response for something yeah totally yes. like it changes you and then that means like for your friend group or your partner it's gonna change them yeah. you know and if it doesn't then they're not your people yeah. you know what I mean yeah kind of thing it's yeah. like I'm changing so um and losing your mind or going crazy I mean I, I think uh, yeah all of that is fucking normal like yeah. so it would be not thoughts. normal to just like <laughs> yeah you know what I mean I mean obviously to it's try and go back to normal yeah yeah, yeah. adapt to other people again 
Yeah. And again, that would be just like your body, like a coping skill, right? Survival mechanism, yeah. just like shut down, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. Or you feel it, you feel it all and yeah. you fucking go crazy. Yeah. And know that, you know, you're going, you'll make it back to yeah. you, you know, but yeah. you have to fucking feel it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think it's important for people who have gone through that experience to find their people. Yeah. You know, like I found sure. a group of grieving moms and that's been really helpful. That's so good. Yeah. Um, I think I look back at that and I was like, gosh, that was just kind of like an afterthought. Like I was like, maybe I'll go to this group, you know, but mm -hmm. now I'm like so grateful, you know? Yeah. And so... I think it's important because it's already so isolating. It's it's nice when you find somebody that's gone through something similar, even though right. it's not exactly the same. Never. Even in your suffering, like the way that you reach out and want to help others is beautiful, and I just mm -hmm. want to just give so much love to you and Austin and Preston, oh, and thanks for being so open and sharing so much wisdom that you've come by the hard way yeah, today. Thank you. We for really offering, appreciate it. Offering this yeah. opportunity. It's been yeah. kind of nice to share stories and, mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. Yeah, I just think it's so beautiful when people can turn their story into something, even how horrible it, the fucking story is, like you can turn it into like helping others or through, and you helping yourself through helping others, yeah. you know, it's a healing, yeah. it's part of the whole healing yeah. process. We need and each other. Yeah. Yes, we yeah. do. And we're not yeah. alone, like you're not alone in any of this, you know, yeah. um, there's other people that definitely, you know, people experience loss in all sorts of ways. And I think hearing this, hearing your story, you know, they're going to, hopefully gain some sense of, you know, you're not alone. You're yeah. not, you don't have to be alone. There's other people out there, Yeah. you know, and you're not going crazy. Yeah. Thank you, <laughs> thank you yes. Natalie, and thank you to all of our listeners. Yes. Um, if you've experienced the loss of a child, um, we hope that this has been a connecting experience, a connecting episode for you to listen to. Um, you know, let us know what you think and um send natalie all your love because she yes. was very very brave and very generous and compassionate today so yes. thank you everyone and we'll see you next week yes thank you thank bye. you bye